0: welcome my name is paula ramirez and this is chicana mom's podcast this podcast is dedicated to all the hardworking chicana moms and their familias we talk about life parenting the emotions we go through as human beings the journeys of the struggles and triumphs life stories god education music and more i strongly believe we're connected in this world Unidas creamos cambio. Querer es poder. Now let's get started. Hola, ¿cómo están? My name is Paula Ramírez, and this is Chicana Moms Podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about something that I'm so passionate about, which is parenting. I have been doing this for about 10 years, and I love it. It's my passion. I never thought in my life to ever teach parenting, because who grows up saying, I want to teach parenting classes or anger management? Like, no, I just knew that I love to teach, and this is a very beautiful way, uh, because I've impacted so many families, but I have also impacted myself My clients have also impacted me. We all learn together when we meet in groups. And yes, I want to talk to you today about adolescents, teenagers. Um, I think they're such amazing kids. They really are. And I want to talk to you about um, parenting styles of how to raise an adolescent. I'm giving you input of the things that I teach and the things that I have implemented with my own adolescent. And, well, let's get started. Okay, so let's start with the transition that adolescents go through they are going from the period uh, between childhood and adulthood so the transition not everyone transitions very smooth Um, so this is where as parents we need to be very patient considerate compassionate loving and respectful towards our adolescents because it it's easier said than done because they're trying to explore themselves they're like okay i'm not a kid anymore and i'm not an adult so they're in the middle they're trying to figure out who they are i always tell my groups you know adolescents are like they're walking around like if they were carrying a sign like who am i they're always trying to figure out what they love what they don't love um and they believe strongly in in certain things and i think that's pretty cool. Um, if it's something negative, that's not healthy at all for them, and obviously I don't support that. But it is a very hectic, challenging stage, especially, especially for those parents who have never thought of providing some kind of structure, even when they were little, and now when they're adolescents, it's kind of like no. I don't want them to start doing things because now they're feeling like I can't control my child that much anymore. I mean, at some point, we can't really control our child. We want to inspire and teach and educate. That's what I'm trying to say. Teach and educate is the same thing. But you know what I mean. Um, So it's so important to just figure out creative ways to stay connected with our adolescents. Now, I get a lot of parents who tell me, Paula, I'm so scared of the adolescent stage because I don't know if my child is going to make the right choices. And one of the things I tell the parents, I'm like, look, I'm glad you're asking me um, these questions and trying to figure out like what you can do. I said, but if you're actually fearing, you're afraid of that stage, it's because whatever you're doing right now, so far, you're not confident about it. When a parent is confident about their parenting styles, they feel secure and they have a connection with their child. So there's not going to be a fear of like, oh my God, my child's going to fuck up later on because I could already see their habits. They don't make wise decisions. Like, yes, even as adults, we don't make wise decisions. But if we have a good connection with them, when things come up, they're going to have that comfortable uh, want and approach Um, to ask you for advice. But if you don't have a full connection with your child, the adolescent's not gonna come and ask you, especially if all they heard was yelling, uh, belittling, humiliation, um, always bossing them around. I mean, as adults, think about it, we wouldn't even want to be around a person like that. Adolescents are always trying to think on a higher level. They're trying to belong somewhere. They want to explore the world at their own pace, not at their parents' pace, not in society's pace. So this is something that really, like, it always bothers me when I hear people say, you know, adolescents nowadays, they're just fucking lazy. Oh my God. First of all, not, not all adolescents are lazy and that doesn't mean that all adolescents are stupid. That's just how I perceive it when they say that. Look, who's raising these adolescents? So in a way, I would say, what well, actually, we can't blame the adolescents um, for being stuck somewhere where they shouldn't be. I said, let's blame the adults, the parents who are supposed to be responsible to teach them, support them and love them, to give them that confidence that they are able to versus yelling at them, telling them what to do. There's a lot of parents out there who think that just because they're an adolescent, they know from right or wrong. No, they do not. They're still developing. They still need guidance. And it's so important to make sure that we don't let go. And when I say don't let go, I don't mean like suffocate and like, you know, uh, raise your child with fears and never, never let him or her go out. But I'm talking about like, Talk to them, listen to them. I think listening to our adolescents is one of the most important things to do. They have needs, wants. We need to love our kids the way they need to be loved, not at our expectations. Because if we start focusing on our expectations of loving our kids, we're just doing that because it's easier. Because we don't wanna take the time to figure out how is it that they wanna be loved. And I'm saying this with some parents, not every parent is like that, of course. See, the thing is that adolescents are developing socially and emotionally. Let's talk about socially. They are trying to figure where do I fit in this big, humongous world? Do I fit in with the gangsters? Do I fit in with the punk rockers? Do I fit in with the emos? Do I fit in with the nerds? Do I fit in with the jocks? Like, Where is it that I fit in? And it sounds like, at some extent, that they just want to have some sort of like label to be accepted. And we already know that we don't need a certain label to be accepted. Yet there are a lot of adults who are still trying to figure themselves out. And as long as they're doing the work, um, they're going to find themselves. But what about adolescents? Who's giving them the tools to try to find out that right path? Now, I've always said there's two different paths in life. You know, the good one and the bad one. And with adolescents, when they don't have guidance and structure, you know, you have one adolescent that doesn't have the guidance, structure, love, and consistency from someone that's going to push them to be better. And that adolescent is going to make a lot of mistakes. I mean, a lot of mistakes. That doesn't mean, and we're not dismissing the fact that the other adolescent that does have a guidance and support is not gonna make mistakes. They are. They're still gonna make mistakes, but not as a, in a higher degree as the one that didn't. See, this is the thing. Whenever we see our child struggling, or they give up too easily, it's really challenging sometimes for some parents to say, you know what, it's okay. How can we do this together? Sometimes it's more like, are you fucking kidding me? You can't even do that shit. What are you? I know you're not stupid. And a lot of times it comes out so harsh because that's how the parent was raised. So they're just kind of handing over something to their child based on what they were given. So, overall, what the whole focus of adolescents is to make sure that they understand who they are individually. And how do we do that? So that they don't have to try to figure out, like, what crew or what little, you know, uh, well, I guess say crew. I say crew, group, whatever you want to name it. Um, so they don't have to fit in in a specific place with specific people. And the way we have to try to figure out who they are is by polishing them. And what that looks like is getting to know our child's interests, their dreams, their passion And I'll give you an example. If there's an adolescent that says, hey, you know what? I really love computers. And that's one child saying they love computers. So it's easy for a parent to say, oh, they love computers. Okay, cool. Like, let's go get you some classes. Now you have another adolescent that's not going to say anything. But as a parent, you have to just observe. What is your child into on a regular basis? What does he or she normally um, share with his friends or that he shares with you randomly here and there? If you caught on that your child didn't tell you they like computers, but all you see is that they're so into computers, they know how to edit, they know how to do all these things, that is something you grab onto. You polish your child by saying, hey, um, I don't know, I bought you a laptop and uh, I got you some classes. Uh, man you're so great at what you do. How about this? Would you like to go and learn more about it so you can you know make that into a career? I mean just talking there's a uh, many situations in our lives with parents with adolescents where we have to read between the lines. We have to read between the lines with their emotions. obviously physically are they okay with their health. Third, the type of groups of like you know friends that they 're hanging around with. That gives you a very profound understanding of where they're at. Now, let me tell you, because we're still talking about socially um, developmental uh, stage for the adolescent. If your child is hanging around with the wrong crowd and you just don't like them, I would say don't approach your child and tell him, I don't want you fucking hang around with that kid because blah, blah, blah. Because of drugs or whatever. No. Adolescents, they value their friends so much. So if you talk bad about their friends to them, they're going to shut down and they're not going to like you. One approach of how to talk to our kids when we don't like one of their friends is like, Hey, I'm kind of concerned for your friend. Does he do drugs? who does he live with? I'm just kind of concerned because, you know, he's a good kid. And this is the thing. Um, All kids are really innocent. Adolescents, they're innocent. They're just looking to fit in and they don't have guidance. So we can't just look at their behaviors, but we have to look at their person. And as you approach a child with respect and consideration and like you care about their friends, you know, you'll be surprised. They'll open up to you and you'll learn more. And When you come across an approach of respect and love on a consistent basis, you'll receive that back from your adolescent. Now let's talk about a developmental uh, stage when it comes to emotions. Adolescents sometimes have a difficult time expressing exactly how they feel. So what you'll see majority of the time is a lot of behaviors. That you're gonna say, well, the anger—he's he or she's always angry and frustrated. Like, what the heck is going on? I just asked Do you on pancakes or waffles, and they roll your eyes, <laughs> and they just snap at you. Um, well, at that moment, it's not just—it's not obviously the pancakes or waffle question. It's—it's it's something that you and your adolescent have actually gone through um, in the past. What I mean by that is by conflicts. If you have gone through conflict with your adolescent and it wasn't pretty much taken care of, kind of like, you know, said, I'm sorry for making you feel that way, or, you know, I, I got out of hand with the words that I said, but, you know, I think we were both at fault, blah, blah, blah. Um, if we did not do that, um, then this is where a lot of this frustration and anger continues to kind of creep up throughout months and years of their adolescent stage, and some parents might say, why the hell do I have to apologize to my adolescents if he's the one that rolled his eyes at me? Well, if we actually had a video camera of how you probably responded and how you rolled your eyes and the tone of voice you, you pretty much came across with, um, you'll be surprised. You will catch on that shit. I am the one that's setting this fucking tone in my house. And how is it that I'm going to change it? See, this is the thing about adolescents—they—they they do what they've been handed. If they've been handed, you know, yelling, disrespect, dis, um, and not being considerate—if that's on the table, that's what they've been presented. So they're going to give that back. I mean, think about it. As adults, we go to a job or you go to a store. Someone disrespects you. How are you going to respond? Just because there are children doesn't mean they have to take our shit, and I remember that I remember being an adolescent, and I was very rebellious and the reason I was is because I was always verbally like attacked, you know like the mexicana mom, maybe not all moms Mexican moms are like that, but like I grew up hearing that, so I gave my mom what she was giving to me, and she didn't like it, and i always I was always the one getting in trouble, so remembering that stage when I was an adolescent it I don't know it just helped me so much to be uh, very connected with my adolescent we have our moments as well but knowing that yelling demeaning and all that doesn't work it just makes it worse and I did pay the price for that um, you know as I kept living life in my adolescent stage but emotionally children and when I say children I mean adolescents Adolescents need to be understood. They need to be listened. We have to listen to their needs and wants. No, they don't know many things just because they're older. Yes, they can bathe on themselves. Yes, they can brush their teeth. Some of them are probably already, like, you know, they start driving. Some are just barely learning how to drive. But overall, when it comes to emotions, think about it how you were an adolescent, and how it took you a long time to really get to know who you were. There's so many adults still stuck in the adolescent stage trying to figure out who the fuck they are. And I was one of them. I was like, who am I? What do I want in life? Until I got the concept. And thank God, because I have several mentors in my life that it was like, wow, I appreciate it tremendously and if it wasn't for them I don't know where the fuck I would be and I really am grateful for that because now as an adult you know I'm 38 years old and I'm like okay I am glad I I know who I am because if I would have continued to be like in my 40s and 50s and still not know who the hell I was I don't know where the fuck I would be Adolescents need to have our undivided attention. We can't just, oh, I'm going to drop them off at the friend's house. Oh, I'm going to pick them up. I'm going to get them something to eat. And then they can go and walk into their room. We have to make time to go into the room and talk to them. When we have them in the car, taking them somewhere, talk to them when they come out or they're just chilling in the living room, sit there and talk to them. There's so many ways that we can creatively speak and bond with our children so that they know that we are present, not just physically. Because then that's just considered like un what is it called? uninvolved parent. Yes, that. And also silent love. Just because you pay the rent, you pay the bills, um what else you buy food you buy their clothes that is not just it there's more than that adolescents want to be heard they want to hear someone saying like wow what you're doing is awesome you have a good skill in something you're very smart you're very compassionate etc etc but listening to our kids goes so far it creates that full connection within themselves because they feel secure emotionally and that's one of the important things we all even as adults we all want to feel we want to love and be loved you know and we want to be able to like I said earlier continue to, to grow with our person you know we have to understand the things that we hate the things that we love our morals our dignity etc And to be able to get to know our kids, I would just say get to know their world. What kind of music do they like? Their hobbies, sports, you know? I know with music, I've had several parents that tell me, because I'll talk to them exactly. I mean, I'll tell them exactly what I'm telling you right now. But they will tell me like, Paula, I don't like my child's music. It's like rap and all these like cussing words. And it's just all this cursing is not for me. I say, "Okay, I understand." I said, "But do you think," or actually I didn't say, "Do you think." I said, "Tell me how is it that you're going to stop your child from listening to that music." Every parent's like, "Well, I don't think I could because they're always going to figure out a way to listen to it," I said exactly. So at this point, whenever they're listening to music, ask them, "Who's the artist?" Like, "You know, what's the story?" You know, why is he singing that kind of song? Like, where did that come from? And just get to know him because they just don't like sometimes just the music. They like whatever message that, I guess, rapper is sharing. And the only way you can connect with them is to get to know their world. See, we always try to compare them. Well, in my days... You know, we would ride the bikes outside. We wouldn't be in here having PlayStation. But let me tell you, I don't know, I'm 38 years old, but I remember when the Nintendo came out. And I remember playing Atari, actually. And when those came out, we were, we were hibernating at some extent. And then, here, and then everything else came. But before that, yes, it was all about being outside, doing fun things, like just in the neighborhood. But our kids are different. You know, the world is evolving. Things are changing all the time. And we have to make sure we evolved with them, not be stuck and then be lost. And then we figure out like, oh, my child is doing something they shouldn't be doing. Well, why? Because probably they didn't have any guidance. When children are educated and they understand the concept, they get it and they run with it. So, what are some unhealthy things that can lead to a parent not being involved, not listening to them, um, not getting to know their world, um, not loving them as the adolescent needs to be loved? Well, these are some things that I came up with of what I've seen in some families I've worked with in the past. And I'm going to start off with the first one, which is substance abuse. They use drugs. They start off sometimes just vaping. Then from vaping, they start doing like uh, marijuana. And they get hooked and then they can go, some of them go into other hard drugs like cocaine or meth, etc. And substance abuse is linked to a trauma. So whenever individuals drink excessively, Um, Or there's uh, abuse of drugs. Well, obviously, abuse of alcohol and abuse of drugs. There's a trauma behind that um, because it's a pattern. It's a pattern that happens. So, again, whatever an adolescent goes through in their life and there's some sort of trauma growing up um, when they were younger and through the adolescent stage, that actually opens a door uh, for substance abuse. Now, the second one is cutting self harm. There are many adolescents who cut because it's for them it's a soothing a feeling because of the pain they're going through emotionally. They feel like they're releasing it through the cut every adolescent perceives it in different ways, but there's depression and trauma behind that as well, and there' are also um you know suicidal thoughts. Um, and fortunately, there are many adolescents who actually, unfortunately, commit suicide. And it's just so sad to know that adolescents and adults suffer alone. You know, they don't have to be. They don't have to suffer alone. But to some extent, they choose to because they probably just can't anymore. And we can't judge them. You know, we don't, we're not in their shoes to ever say. But since we're talking about adolescents here... You know, as parents, and we want to be the greatest role models for them. We want them to know that they're loved unconditionally, and even if we're mad at them, we still love them. The third one is physical fights, the aggression. So anger and aggression are two different things. You can be mad, but that doesn't mean you have to become aggressive. And if they see a lot of that in their environment uh, with their parents or the parent towards, them um they start to behave what they've been taught yelling um you have to hit someone to show control to get what you want you know and that's something that unfortunately many parents do with their adolescents because they get so frustrated because the adolescent's trying to voice out voice out something that they strongly believe in and the adults are just like shut the fuck up you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about blah 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 and it's like, just listen to them. Even if they're wrong, listen to them. And then you can correct them in a more compassionate, empathetic manner. And then they'll get it. The other one is uh, bad grades. You know, a child's not going to really want to go to school or even try to get a good grades. If there's hooked on substance abuse, if they're getting a physical fights, if there's some sort of trauma... Um, that they experienced, and there's depression, you know, they're just like, what for? Why do I have to get a good grades if no one cares? Um, the other one is hanging around with the wrong crowd, always trying to fit in. I did speak about this a little bit um, a while ago, and they're always, not every adolescent is like this, but the ones that, that really don't have that structure and consistency, love and um, guidance from an adult. Um, they will try to fit in with a crowd that they can relate to. Like if that that crowd can relate to their pain, that's who they're gonna gravitate to. The other one's uh, bad hygiene. There are adolescents that because they don't have a, a mature, responsible parent that's going to follow up to see if they brush their teeth, if they've taken a shower, you know, have they eaten something healthy. That causes problems because if let's just say an adolescent doesn't take care of their hygiene, and they go to school, they get bullied, and then that's more anger that gets piled up. You know, if they don't wash their clothes and they go to school with like really dirty clothes, because um, it happens unfortunately, they can get bullied. And it's it, I don't know if you can kind of see where this web goes, and if they get bullied, and I'm gonna exaggerate it. Um, if they get put out of school, there's an aggression. They can start getting in arguments physically with their siblings. They start getting in arguments um, physically and verbally with other classmates. They can have legal issues, get arrested. Um, when they get out, I'm exaggerating this. They can start using drugs. And that cycle just continues and continues all because they did not have that one mature, responsible parent or adult Because not all of the adolescents live with their parents. Some of them live with grandparents, uncles, um, aunts, um, and majority of the adolescents um, as well can be living in in a foster home. And we already know, well, well, I'm assuming you already know, but many of the adolescents that live in a foster home end up running away and end up in this cycle. They end up with substance abuse because they're not means of the trauma that they experience. They get arrested. They go back to foster and it's just kind of like a cycle that just goes on and on and on. Since adolescents are trying to figure out who they are, um, they are going to experiment many things just like substance abuse. But a lot of them experience sex. Remember that in this stage, they're trying to find themselves. If they end up, you know, falling in love with someone or wanting some sort of connection with someone because they're just trying to see where they fit, they're going to be very vulnerable when it comes to their emotions. So if there is a person who they just love passionately, because adolescents, like, when they care about something and they're they're passionate, they're just like, nothing's going to happen to me. Um, kind of approach, they will experiment with sex. They will have sex at a very young age. Normally, the age that a lot of adolescents have sex is 16. Obviously, there's some that are younger than that, but the common age is 16 years old. And, you know, that's when you have STDs, either if it's a female adolescent, they can get pregnant. And even if it's a male, I mean, it's like, they have to own up to it, but it's really hard because at that point, like if they never had a healthy relationship with their parents, it's going to be really difficult for them to develop a relationship with their partner and sometimes a relationship with their own child. Again, I'm not generalizing this for all adolescents, but I'm talking about the adolescents who don't have that uh, productive Environment and that good approach of love, consistency, um, and respect from an adult. And sex is between life or death. It's like a Russian roulette. You don't know where the other person has been. So there's HIV and AIDS, that concern as well, which a lot of adolescents forget that it exists. Now, from all of these things that I've mentioned, the last one um which is the most dangerous i mean they're all dangerous but one of the things is just a lot of adolescents a lot of parents don't think about it, is that parenting is between life or death if children are all given the guidance and they actually are taking more of a risk just to experiment and not have that structure with consistency love and respect like i mentioned earlier um can lead to death you know they can just overdo it on certain things that are just very dangerous and they can lose their life if they're in gangs we already know it's either you die you go to jail um or the other thing is like yeah i've i've seen people that actually have been to jail and done all these things in their gangs and you know, they can say I came out fine, but there's some sort of consequence attached to that later on, some sort of trauma, especially if there was drug use. The brain doesn't just come back to normal again just because they stopped. There is a tremendous um, impact and damage in the brain at some extent, um, but that's a totally different topic there, but um, it's it's a scary thing. We want to be able to guide our adolescents, love them unconditionally, guide them with so much respect, patience. Oh my gosh, patience. We are the only ones in this whole entire world that will love our kids and think about it it can be just one or two or three people, but at the end of the day, like it's the parent's responsibility. So normally it's like one or two, that's it in this whole entire planet that has to learn how to be patient with their adolescent or else. They can be what sometimes what people think a lost cause. Now I've talked to you about some of the concerns of what happens when a parent doesn't provide that consistency of love and respect, um, when a parent is not involved, and how at the end of the day, the kids pay the price so we're going to take a small break and we'll be right back so our adolescents we don't want them to feel like they're a lost cause we want to guide them and i keep saying that over and over because that's at the end of the day what we have to do Guide them, love them, hug them, uh, kiss them, and listening to them, listening to their needs, and asking them open-ended questions about who they are. So some of the things here that I'm going to mention are things that benefit an adolescent, for them to feel confident with themselves, to know that they're emotionally secure because an adult cares for them. So the first one is verbal praise. Verbal praise is amazing. Why do I say that? Because even have you noticed that when someone talks bad things to someone, it's just like, ugh, it's triggering in a bad way. Well, words are also very powerful in their own way when they're positive. When you tell your child you're intelligent, you're compassionate, you're such a good kid, I love your dignity. And you're smart and you're important in this world. Oh my God, that's like everything for them. You don't have to buy anything just by giving them positive verbal praise. They can own that. I'm not just saying like for you to say it once or twice here and there. I'm saying about repeat yourself on a daily basis as many fucking times as you can. So that it can stay programmed into their mind and into their heart so they can believe in themselves. The second one is hug. Lots of hugs. Oh my God. I have to tell you, there's so many uh, ad- adolescents who are not being hugged. You know why? Because the parents or the adults like get so involved into the adolescent's negative approach. That negative approach, what I'm talking about, is that rolling the eyes, slamming the door... Talking like, I don't know what nonsense, you know, if they're cussing or whatever. And we let that conquer. No, it's about still hugging them. If they kind of push you away, don't let that stop you. You continue to push and say, no, you're not going to push me. I love you unconditionally and you're my kid. They need to have those hugs on a daily basis and that makes them feel secure. Talk openly and get into their mind. Get their opinion about things in life. I don't care what it is. You can pretty much ask the child, "What do you think of um, of us getting a dog? What do you think of you know? Should I wash my car today? What do you think? Do you think I should take the freeway? Do you think I should take the street? And if your child says, "Well, take the street," and in your mind you're like, "Wait, no, I don't think so. I think the freeway," and you can teach them. And advice, for example, I'm going to use an example of the freeway and the street. Let's just say that you end up taking the freeway. And they ask you, well, why don't you take the street? Because the street, like, there's no traffic. And you'll say, no, well, look, I take the freeway because, yes, there's a little bit of traffic right here. But it opens up, you know, a co- couple of miles from here. And then it, it just it goes very smooth. So the next day, you can say, hey, remember how you asked me why I I went on the freeway? I'm going to show you what it looks like to go on the street at the same time we left last time so you can kind of see the difference. That's literally educating our kids like um, in real life. (laughs) Instead of just talking to them, it's showing them and talking to them at the same time. So kids, adolescents, they actually listen more for what we do versus what we say. So we have to somewhat be very creative to implement both um, so that they get the concept and they run with it, as we would obviously love for them to do. Another thing about adolescents is that we want to acknowledge them. And we want to respect them. So what I mean by that is if they start kind of giving their attitude in front of family members their own friends or in public don't humiliate your child for god's sake there is no need for that that doesn't make you actually look like a good parent that just makes you look like you've lost control and now we understand why the child is acting up so you want to be able to just to kind of let it be there's a a specific time and place for every sensitive topic So just because they're giving you attitude in front of family members, you don't have to humiliate them. All you're going to end up doing is pretty much messing up that trust um, that you might want with your child. um, But they have all the right to get annoyed. They have all the right to be bored. Fuck, I get bored sometimes and I'm just like, ugh, what do I do? Obviously, I figured it out on my own. But there's a lot of adolescents who are just kind of like, I'm bored. I don't want to go to a birthday party. I don't want to go to, um, I don't know, a family gathering or whatever. I get it. But at this point, just let them be. Just let them be. If they complain, they can complain all they want. But we want them to be there. All we can say is like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Uh, we love you. And we, we want to have you here with us. And then, you know, just not feed into their frustration or anger. We want to respect them. So we want them to respect us as parents. We need to show them what that looks like first. The other thing is that we don't want to become their enemy. We want to become their parents. And we want to be like a breakthrough parent. And what that means, it's a parent that's not going to be authoritative, passive, or non-involved. It's a parent who breaks through all of those different three unhealthy parenting styles that eventually leads to what I've been saying this whole time which which is love, consistency, respect, empathy um and I guess overall just saying creating unity, creating that bond that you have always wanted with your child since the day they were born or since the day you found out you were pregnant. I've always said this. Isn't it pretty interesting that for some parents, like, oh, their baby's born. It's like, oh, my baby. As they get older and, and older, the child, I mean, the parent starts to kind of lose their patience. And then when they become adolescents, like, for some reason, sometimes parents don't see their innocence. It's kind of like you're not innocent anymore. Well, I have to tell you this. They're still innocent. They're still trying to learn. They need your guidance, your love, your consistency. They need to see what happiness and success looks like by you, from you, not on TV. So adolescents, they're amazing. I don't like when people say they're a lost cause or adolescents nowadays, they're like worthless. No, they're fucking not. They're human beings. They just want to love and be loved just like you want to love and be loved. So all I encourage you is to go hug your adolescent if you have one and tell them how bad you love their dignity and their passion for life and whatever it is that you see that they love to do. I thank you so much for listening to me as this parenting topic of adolescents is so like meaningful to me because I have an adolescent. I love him unconditionally. He is finding himself and he's doing a really great job why because my husband and I and his dad and the whole family are always trying to help him just like every adolescent in my family I am willing to be there for them and even for some young girls who I love like uh, like my daughter um and I just I love adolescents. They're so amazing. They're beautiful individuals. Love them, guide them. And even if they're not your child and it's your child's um, friends, give them some guidance. Trust me, they'll appreciate it later on in life. Thank you so much. Take care of yourself and have a blessed day. Bye.